0: It's the us yes yeah, the world you ain't heard of us hey Rams hey welcome hey, heard with us if you look around for a word of trust check the star scene journey you can learn from us sex sleep drugs what we going be discuss whatever you need to be prosperous negativity superfluous all we really want is for you to just be true to you And be who you are, cause you are a star And you will go far, you can succeed At all of your dreams, you'll get your degree And all of those things, but you must take care of your health cherish yourself, your body, your mental, your veins, and your wealth You can have fun and still be well That's what we do here at The Wealth
1: back to What The Well, if you've chosen to list us before. And for those of you listening for the first time, we're glad um, you're checking us out today. So my name is Kat Corrin. I use the pronouns she, her, hers. And I'm the alcohol and other drug health educator here at The Well. And we've done several podcasts so far. We've done sexual health and sleep. Today we're going to talk about alcohol. So I'm here with some Pure Health Educator students.
0: So Hi, I'm Steven. I use he, him, his pronouns. Um, I'm in the alcohol and other drugs group and I'm a peer health educator.
2: And I'm Madalena. Um, I'm a freshman. I'm in the alcohol and other drugs group with Steven and my pronouns are she, her, hers. Thanks y'all. And we also have
1: a guest from VCU Health who does research on the etiology of substance use disorders and psychopathology. Hi, I'm Alexis Edwards and I use the pronouns she, her, hers. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And what we're going to be talking about today is some of her research and then also some ways students can stay safer if they do choose to drink. And before we get into that, just want to let everyone know about some of the things that The Well has going on this month. Since it's Alcohol Awareness Month, STI Awareness Month, and Sexual Assault Awareness Month, we have lots of stuff on our calendar. Um, Go to our website, thewell.vcu.edu, for all of those programs. We have our Research to Recovery Conference happening um, April 10th through 12th, and National Alcohol Screening Day, Thursday, April 11th. We're going to be out in the commons from 11 to 3. Come get some information about alcohol use and participate in a screening to get a free T-shirt. And then we have an ongoing 21st birthday program. So if you have a birthday coming up, come to The Well on Thursdays from 3 to 4 and do a quick safety planning session, and you can get some free stuff. So let's get into it. We're going to talk about alcohol. And we know that most rams either don't drink, they drink on less than five days out of a month, or they're having three drinks or less when they are consuming alcohol. So it's important to remember that not everyone's doing it. We get this idea that, um, you know, if our immediate social circle is doing it, then everyone must be. Um, But one of the things that we like to do at the well is to provide that real VCU data to our students about their own health behaviors. So let's start by hearing from the students. Um, What are some safety strategies that y'all use if
2: you are choosing to drink? So some tips I think that are good to follow if you do decide to drink are first eat a full meal and have a full stomach so you can better absorb the alcohol. Second, alternate with water and non-alcoholic drinks. Um, Third, have a designated driver, or if you decide not to drive or don't have a car, have a designated walker, which they can just kind of keep control of the group, make sure everyone's okay. Um, Another tip is to have only one drink an hour. Because that's about how fast your liver can metabolize alcohol without completely overloading your system. And then finally, keep your drink in sight just to make sure nothing is slipped into it.
1: Yeah, thanks, Madalena. Those are really great strategies. And can you talk a little bit more about that strategy of just having one drink an hour?
2: Sure. So it's really important to know about serving sizes so that you can keep track of how much you've had to drink. One serving of beer is about 12 ounces, a serving of wine is about 5 ounces, and a shot of 80-proof liquor is about 1.5 ounces. So drinking a solo cup full of beer is a lot different than drinking a solo cup full of wine. To recap, the higher the alcohol content, the smaller the serving size. Also, there are some beers that are much higher in alcohol content, so it's a good idea to read the label for the ABV, or alcohol by volume, which is a measurement of the alcohol content.
0: Yeah, one thing you really definitely have to watch out for are like craft beers and beers that are like that, um, which can be really misleading because you think that they're like a lot of the other beers that you might drink, but they're really not. So sometimes um, their ABV can be so much higher that you're really drinking basically two times the amount of alcohol. So a 12-ounce glass of a craft beer might be equal to two 12-ounce glasses of uh, Bud Light or like a PBR or something.
1: So thanks, Steven and Madalena. Um, Those are awesome tips. And I'm wondering if you've seen any benefits from doing any of those things.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So like eating a full meal and alternating with non-alcoholic drinks decreases the risk of overconsumption and or hospitalization. And then it also decreases the likelihood of a hangover the next morning. Designated drivers and keeping track of your drinks Make sure that everyone in your group and yourself stay safe the whole night. Alexis, what do you think? Um,
3: I really think it's a great, the things that you guys have mentioned are great. You're you're in particular talking about um, strategies you use to monitor your alcohol on the evening that you're drinking. I would also really advocate for college students to be mindful about how they're using alcohol over time. So not just tonight, but you know, over the course of the year. This is a time frame when um, we know that a lot of unhealthy drinking habits are established, and those can set the stage for later problems later in adulthood. So while we know that heavier alcohol drinking is not uncommon during the typical age range for being in college, we also know that the people who are in college tend to drink more heavily than their peers who aren't at college. And given the wide range of negative consequences of alcohol use, both during college and later, it's really important that if you are choosing to drink, you're establishing a healthy way to do it.
1: I think that's a good way to look at it too. So um, establishing a healthy relationship with alcohol is really important. So it sometimes I think is easier to know what a not as healthy relationship looks like, but there are some things that we can do to work on having a healthy relationship and I identify as a person long-term recovery, so for me, I can't have any relationship with alcohol. We just did not get along. But that's not the case for everyone. Um, so if you can have an understanding of the effects of alcohol, you know how it's impacting you, you're not experiencing any negative effects, and you can kind of easily take a break from it whenever. Those are all good signs. And Also, if you're using a variety of coping strategies to deal with things like social anxiety, stress, then those are all good things also.
0: Yeah, I really like that you mentioned, um, you know, stress and social anxiety and stuff like that, because I know I've heard a lot of students that will talk about, you know, like, oh, like when I go out to parties, I can't like I once I get a couple drinks in me is when I'm actually social, like I can't talk to anybody until then or. I've heard people like, "Oh, I'm so stressed with like schoolwork. I have like three tests this week. Like, I need a, sh- a shot or something like that." Um, and those can definitely be extremely unhealthy, you know, coping uh, mechanisms for like stress and anxiety. So I was wondering, um, what do you all like to do to cope with your stress and show in social anxiety instead of you know using alcohol?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can speak to that since I don't drink at all. I I have to be really mindful of how I deal with those situations. And one of the things that I have to do is to tell someone that I'm having a hard time. So if I'm really experiencing anxiety, I need to talk about that with somebody. And doing breathing exercises is really helpful. It it makes me feel more calm. And also like just carrying around a drink like soda or whatever. So I have something to hold in my hand and people aren't offering me things. That's really helpful for me.
2: A strategy I like to use personally is to have another friend there. So if I am feeling a bit awkward at like a party, I can lean on them a bit and then they can talk me through my anxious feelings or just be there as like a distraction.
3: I'm really glad you guys brought this up because um, as a researcher, one of the things that we think about uh, is the, the different pathways through which people progress from regular drinking to developing problems. And one of the pathways we talk about is this, or the models we talk about is the self-medication model where people start drinking to alleviate negative feelings, things like being anxious or having symptoms of depression. And then they end up coming to rely on alcohol to um, to decrease their, those negative feelings. Another pathway we talk about Uh, to drinking problems is through externalizing behaviors. So those are things related to impulsivity, sensation-seeking, risk-taking behaviors. And there can be overlap even within an individual of those pathways. So it's possible that you, you think you're just using alcohol for fun instead of as a coping mechanism. And a lot of people really can do that, but not everyone can. So it's important that you're mindful about whether your drinking is escalating or creating problems for you, no matter what your immediate motives for drinking might be. So I'd like to turn it around to you guys. I have a question for you. As someone who thinks a lot about genes and familial risk for alcohol problems, I was wondering whether you take into consideration your family history when you are making decisions about your drinking behaviors.
0: Yeah, so I can definitely speak on that. Um, I have a very, like, Long history in my family of uh, kind of substance abuse. Um, I have a lot of people in my close family. I have some distant family members that kind of struggle with it or are in recovery. Um, and that's definitely something that I take into consideration. I've set like specific rules for myself when I came to college of like, okay, I'm only gonna drink on weekends or I'm only gonna drink like a certain amount of drinks that night and stuff like that. It's just for me, it's setting a lot of personal boundaries. So, you know, I don't get into the same boat that my family members have.
1: So, Stephen, it sounds like you really are mindful of that family history. Mm-hmm. Are there times where people are like pressuring you to drink? And how do you deal with that if it's happening?
0: Um, I haven't, in my experience, really dealt with a lot of external pressure from people. So it's more of an internal thing for me. So it's less of, you know, oh, Stephen, let's go take shots. Like, let's go get these like drinks, like whatever. It's more of, Internally, I'm like, okay, like, how am I going to fit in with everybody if I'm not drinking? Like, you know, am I going to have as much fun if I'm not drinking? Stuff like that. So I would definitely say that that's kind of a thing that I have to deal with. And um, I've noticed that if I do let myself slip, it does kind of have a little bit of a snowball effect. So you know, one drink turns into two, turns into three to four, and then you know, then it's just downhill from there. Um, and I like to when I go out, I like to kind of have my friends be accountable um, and kind of say, you know, Hey guys, like tonight I'm not drinking and, uh a lot of the time. My friends, I have pretty good friends. So they'll be like, Steven, like I thought you said you weren't drinking tonight. Like what's the deal? Or like they'll like hang out with me like when they're uh, like to kind of keep me company. So like while other people are drinking, so I don't kind of feel left out. Um, and I also like to remember that I have other things to do. So if it's a Saturday night, I, you know, I have homework the next day that I have to do. I have tests I have to study for. I have programs to plan at the well. like I have things to do, and I can't you know risk having my Sunday be filled with me you know throwing up or just feeling gross in general
2: so Alexis, what is the current understanding for how genetics influence the risk for alcohol problems? That's a good question. Um, We know a
3: lot more than we used to, but there's still a lot of progress to be made. So for a long time, we've known that there are specific genetic variants that impact how your body metabolizes alcohol. And those can actually be protective because if you process alcohol really slowly, it can be aversive. Um, You might get some flushing in your cheeks, your heart might raise, you might feel nauseated. But that Isn't that common? And the behaviors around alcohol consumption and problems are a lot more complex than just how your body metabolizes alcohol. We've already touched on um, people who might use alcohol to alleviate social anxiety, for example. And those kinds of behaviors don't come down to just a handful of genes, it's more like thousands of genes. And each of those is really only incrementally impacting your behavior. So at this point, other than those genes that influence metabolism, we really can't say too much about specific genes that impact risk. This is not a situation where you can use a direct-to-consumer DNA kit like 23andMe or Ancestry.com and determine whether you're at risk for alcohol problems. Um, Family history is usually a much better indicator, but it's important to keep in mind regardless of family history, everyone is at risk to one degree or another because the environment also plays a big role. Um, so you want to keep in mind that genes are not destiny when it comes to alcohol problems.
1: I think that's really important to know. And and sometimes even if we know those things and we have a family history or whatever, sometimes students really can still have a hard time. And alcohol misuse does become a problem. I think there are times when students consume too much or maybe they're mixing substances with alcohol And they can get us into some really dangerous situations. And so I'm interested to kind of hear what folks
2: know about some of the overdose signs. So one of the more alarming signs of an alcohol overdose is puking while passed out or unconscious. And this isn't puking while standing up, still talking, still verbal. This is they're unresponsive and puking. And then another bad sign is shallow breathing, irregular breathing, or completely stopped breathing. And then finally, if this if their skin is blue, cold, clammy, that's also a sign they need
0: help.
1: Yeah, and so what can students do if they do encounter somebody in that situation?
0: So one of the most important things to do um, in that situation is to really, you know, like make sure that you're getting the help that students need or like that your friend needs. So one of the best things you can do is, um, to call VCU PD and that's 804-828-1234 and they can come out they can, um, help you out with any of the problems that you're having. Like, uh, they can get an ambulance to you so they can uh, look at your friend. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed a lot of students are, you know, afraid of, is that, oh, if I call, you know, if I call the police because or like nine one one and my friend is, you know, really drunk and so am I, am I gonna get in trouble? And a lot of the times that's not gonna happen because if you're taking the time to, you know, call and be responsible for your friend, even if you are drunk, that's you know, the police aren't gonna arrest you for that. However, there's a little bit of a caveat because if you are belligerent or if you're like very, very drunk and acting you know, crazy or acting a fool, there can be some consequences for that.
2: So another resource you could call is Poison Control. And their number is 800-222-1222. And that number goes straight to MCV where nurses answer and help you determine whether or not it's a medical emergency.
0: Um, so cat. What can students do if they're concerned about their alcohol use or a friend's alcohol use?
1: So there's lots of different things that students can do. We have some resources here on campus. So definitely students can come to the well. We can talk to them about their relationship to alcohol or other drugs. Um, We can provide resources around ways to stay safer. The other kind of options are uh, we have a Rams in Recovery group for students. So that's um, a group of students that are actively in recovery from substance use disorders. We've got a clubhouse. There are 12-step meetings and other support group meetings at the facility. Um, There's also university counseling services. So students can get appointments for individual counseling if that's something that they need also. So you can contact them and they can get you set up for that. There's also student health services. So if you need uh, medication management or if you're trying to cut back, say, on your nicotine use, they can help you with some nicotine replacement therapy. So there are some resources on campus that um, students can access if they need that.
0: Thank you for that, Kat. Those are definitely a lot of really helpful uh, resources that we can use.
1: Yeah, and I just really want to thank steven and madalena and alexis for talking with all of our listeners today and hopefully this has helped some students to just be able to reflect on their own alcohol use and that also knowing there's help and support if you do want to make changes
0: thank you for having us
1: thank you thanks a lot so again check out our website to see all the things that we have going on in april Again, thewell.vcu.edu. Check that calendar out. Lots of great health information on our website. And we hope you check out our upcoming podcasts. So for the month of April, we have Sexual Assault Awareness Month. We're going to talk about cannabis. And we have a recovery podcast as well. So again, uh, thanks for listening to What the Well. And be be well. 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 well.